Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Get ready to get jiggy with it. We're going straight to the wild, wild west on Normies Like Us. General McGrath's boy. The art of disguise is what we need to get into the party. Look, Gordon, I think you need to calm down. Thank you for saving me. You can't just go ramming a man's personal things into some hole like that. Let the party begin! Woo! Welcome back, Normies, to the summer of fun where we've been talking blockbusters here on Normies Like Us. Now, sometimes on this podcast, we do Legends episodes where we talk about somebody who has influenced Normie culture bigger and better than ever. Kind of doing that today. We're talking Will Smith's epic, the Wild Wild West TV show adaptation from 1999. (laughs) You're on Normies Like Us with your host, uh, General Bloodbath McCollin. Hey, this is Giant Spider. Uh, Joe West, Desperado, Ooh. Rough Rider. No, <laughs> you don't want nada. Um, this is Jacob, but I'm uh, wearing drag as a disguise. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I look like what? a woman. You can't well, tell. Hold on. I see <laughs> Jacob over there. But I also see President Ulysses S. Grant is behind you, too. Oh, my God. What a star-studded <laughs> podcast we have today, boys. I'm excited to talk about the sexual awakenings that happened during uh, Wild Wild West. Right, right, right. It is unfortunate, That's Joe. common theme. Well, I, we want to be smart in this podcast. We want to talk about interesting things. For most of it, I will be talking about Selma Hayek's butt and the awakening yes. that, that <laughs> did occur in us. I'm, I'm right there with you, buddy. There's a fair amount of butts in this movie, but I do want to ask, has anybody seen the TV show? Because I have not, and I feel like I have no idea, really. I should have watched some before this, but I just watched the movie. Have you guys ever checked it out? Uh, no, but I'd hope it's just as steampunky as the movie, because otherwise I, I couldn't imagine being interested. Yeah, I haven't sure either. To... All right. I've seen the intro sequence, and that's similar to this movie, but the, that's it. The intro sequence is almost taken directly out from the uh, TV show, Mike. Huh. I will tell you oh, guys. Cool. I don't think I've ever confessed this on this show. I had a weird TV upbringing when I was a kid where it was pretty much whatever my dad wanted to watch. What my dad wanted to watch was the stuff he grew up with. He's a guy who was born in the late 50s. Wild Wild West guys, 64 to 69. I mean, so a 10-year-old little boy... This is kind of the stuff he loved, right? Mm-hmm. But beyond that, this TV is a genre that has never been written about, but I think is the most important, most interesting years of television that were ever conceptualized, that 65 to 69. You had stuff mm-hmm. like the Avengers TV show, you know, uh, Miss Peel, you know, the spies, the cool british tv show um yeah the british okay yeah yeah you had twilight zone outer limits a little later you had the prisoner you know a a surrealist tv show about a guy escaping giant inflatable balls right what i'm getting to is weird surrealist television that was packaged in super normie stuff at the time the 60s was weird guys counterculture was happening but also if you made a tv show in the 60s it was pretty much concession after concession after concession. Can't have, you know, too many black people on TV. Jim West was not a black actor. Robert Conrad played him on the show, a white mm-hmm. guy, right? Um, 
you can't really have too many progressive ideas. But all those shows I listed, these weird surrealist shows, did exactly that. Um, Adam West Batman, you know, a perfect example, too, uh, on the American side here. Another great Western. Oh, yeah, of course. But that's the thing, Mike. You wouldn't relate Wild Wild West to the other Westerns of the time, which my dad was also watching. Riflemen, Bonanza, Gunsmoke. It wasn't like that stuff. Oh, of course you do. What a wonderful show. Uh, It was more (laughs) in line with the other shows that I said, because it was this counterculture hiring of writers that had to do that prepackaged stuff I said. How do you make a TV show super normy, super likable, where kids are tuning in, but also, we're the first wave of writers that are dirty, filthy hippies who love progressive ideas and we're taking acid non-stop. <laughs> so you had, Whoa. you had it in the comic books too. Joe, uh, Jim Steranko, a surrealist artist, was doing S.H.I.E.L.D. comics with Nick Fury where it was like, cool day-to-day spy stuff and then a splash panel of you know boo do 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 like groovy crazy wacky imagery right so Mm -hmm. to relate it to wild wild west the show was that the most famous episode i'll remember and that like perfectly sums up this point for me is the episode where jim west fights dr loveless the the bad guy kenneth brana is in this film did you guys know he was a character on the tv show I did not. I did not. I haven't seen it. Here's a way that he was changed. He's not a guy in a wheelchair, obviously. And like I said, Robert Conrad's not a black guy. He's a mm-hmm. little person actor. And the mm-hmm. plot of his oh, appearances, okay. he develops a weapon, a steampunk weapon, because the show, Joe, was very Jules Verne inspired. Essentially, the pitch was, what if James Bond was on a saddle? Like, how could young Randy Brooks not fucking want to watch that? Like, secret spy, (laughs) Wild West stuff. I was going to say, that's the vibe I get from it, is it's basically James Bond in the Wild West. That it's crazy and and wacko and nuts. And you have Dr. Loveless in this episode invents a ray gun, Jacob, to travel inside paintings. He goes into this surreal, Dolly-esque world exits paintings because it's like this weird connected all paintings are shared universe assassinates people and escapes and jim west has to solve that mystery and it's perfectly Uh mirrored in the film he has that scene where dr loveless's paintings come to life and people kill him right so it has wow you know it's like people did not like this movie i'll I'll say that up (laughs) robert conrad (laughs) accepted all the razzies he was like, it's not a good representation of the TV show, but I think it is. It's a weird, surrealist blockbuster in a way that you can't do because it has wacky imagery like a guy's head cut off and he's projecting stuff out of his eyeballs and men are playing women, men are playing men, then they're playing women again. Like, it's crazy. Here's what I'll say. I mean, this is not a good movie, but <laughs> I think the... There is a the, the idea, the concept is interesting, and you could make a good movie. There are good parts in this movie that I liked, um, but I think you could actually make, like, if someone were to remake this or reboot it more similar to the show, I think you could make a good movie out of this premise. It's just some things went wrong when they're, like, some, some ideas were had in this movie that, that did not work. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention was basically, you know, this is Barry Sonnenfeld. And Will Smith, you know, coming off of Men in Black, to mm-hmm. me, the vibe is very similar that they're going for Men in Black again. Like the, the vibe, you know, between the two leads is very similar to Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. Um, but it just didn't work. And so I'm trying to figure out why 
it works so well in Men in Black, and then here it just you know crashed and burned and failed pretty hard. I'm sure we're going to dive deep into that, but that is true. Coming off of Men in Black, you're like, what could go wrong? Apparently a lot of things. But I am at least happy to hear, thanks to Colin, that it is in some ways a lot more connected to the source material than I ever thought it was. So having that knowledge as we go into this discussion is maybe going to color some of the way I um, consider my initial opinions after first watching. It's a weird and wacky show where the best point to sum up on my end is two hours before we record this podcast, Jacob texted and said, I forgot how weird this is. There's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about this episode. Oh, there's and a lot of... And that's exactly what this movie yeah. is. It's weird. Well, I love it. I love that it exists. That's the thing I, I like about it. I ironically love this movie. I, I cannot wait to get into it. I don't oh, love wow. this movie, but the things I did like about it are like the, the weird steampunk, the weird gadgets and things. Um... And just the 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 out thereness of the giant spider and the over the topness of certain elements that stuff worked for me. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of you know comedy that didn't work for me and stuff like that. But we'll get into that as well. Yeah, I'm, it, well, if if Joe loves it, I'm a little loveless on the whole thing. <laughs> so uh, we'll get into it. We'll probably have a uh-huh. spectrum of ideas. <laughs> but uh, uh-huh. let's get in and let's let's jump in the old water tank and uh, see what's going on with Jim West Desperado. You don't want nada. Next. I don't like it. We're going straight to it. The Wild Wild West. The Wild Wild West. We're going straight to When I roll into the Wild Wild West. When I stroll into the Wild Wild West. When I bounce into the Wild Wild West. We're going straight to the Wild Wild West. We're going straight to the Wild Wild Normies, we're back. Like Mike said, we are dunking uh-huh. in that water tank. Don't worry about the fact that that's the water for all the horses, all the people in this town. No, <laughs> we're doing some nude swimming, and yes, you can see our balls. Joe, there's not just yes. butts in this movie. Not we just see that. Will Smith's testicles. That is butt, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see, I think you see the whole thing. You see Don't all Don't you, the shaft and the balls. <laughs> um, really yeah, like... You know, you know, I said up top that I unironically love this movie, and I truly do, because I think... Uh, yes, it was a, a massive failure. Even the tickets that it did sell were mostly attributed to people sneaking into big R-rated movies of the summer, like South Park and American Pie. But oh, hell yeah. I think this movie understands camp in a way that we haven't seen since uh, and pushed the boundaries more than ever before. It's a PG-13 action-adventure comedy where you see two butts, Will Smith's junk, <laughs> uh, and there's like some racy stuff mixed in there. I don't know. I I adored this movie as a kid, and watching it last night, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm still in the same way I'm in with like Hudson Hawk, another movie that wow. I think understood camp really well, but just uh, is maybe a little too out there and and poorly executed. Way to stick to your guns. <laughs> well, Joe, one thing you said that I wanted to go off of. Um, I, that I find interesting is that it did try to, I mean, first of all, I think there's a lot of humor in here, um, you know, gender and racial stuff that maybe wouldn't fly today. Um, Ooh, certainly oh, not. Absolutely you know, not. It's, it's <laughs> exploitative um, in nature. 
I, I totally forgot that there's a whole extended bit where they almost lynch Will Smith mm-hmm. as like a diversion. <laughs> I was like, I totally forgot that was in the movie. Um, but it's interesting because, you know, this is set obviously in the in the Wild West right after the Civil War. Um, so they kind of touch on that a little bit. But, you know, obviously having Will Smith in the main role and everything. Um, so they kind of edge close to it. But also, you know, it's still a big budget comedy blockbuster. So they can't, you know get too much into it but there's some shades of like you know some racial stuff and and everything i just think it's very interesting it's a blockbuster movie about a black cowboy on a revenge mission i mean is that not django unchained yeah that's what i was thinking it's basically the precursor yeah he couldn't do it he would be jim west the whole time i guess i don't know so Again, I mentioned Robert Conrad, a white guy. Uh, the original people they were looking at, Tom Cruise, who turned this down. He did Mission Impossible instead, another TV show, sort of in the vein of what I was talking about before. But Jacob, when they get someone like Will Smith, does it have to become a conversation about race? Or to Joe's point, is it just kind of a nice, happy accident of the setting where you say, well, we got to talk about this? Yeah, well, when it's in that setting, it has to, I mean, it's kind of the elephant in the room, right? And I mean, even the villain is, a, is you know, a former Confederate <laughs> a guy, racist. so obviously, <laughs> yeah, it's going to come up. Um, so they touch on it, but it's not overtly about that, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm saying, yeah, yeah with, with Will Smith, once you sign him, the script has to get adjusted. And you were talking about the original series in the late 60s, you know. You had to kind of sneak subversive topics into your shows, you know, and a big part of what Blazing Saddles did, which is basically this movie, uh, was smash down the door of wow. like, we need to talk about racial like relations in Westerns, and we've just been not doing it. So when you get Will Smith, right. they're kind of doing that in 1999, and so you do see some of it, and it's necessary, and I admire that they had the guts to not completely cut it out. Like, they're at least approaching it in the yeah. best, I guess way that you could in a blockbuster in 99 well yeah again this is you know a pg-13 mm-hmm. summer blockbuster you know kids are going to be seeing it so they didn't want to get too serious about it like this isn't Jang- django unchained but it in, in in certain ways it is a precursor to that um but will smith the casting of will smith to me is one of the biggest saving graces of this film because you just get Will Smith in his prime, you know, coming off of Independence Day, Men in Black. I mean, he was he was the biggest star in the world at this time. And then he does this huge, you know, obviously it was a huge flop, but I think it would have been worse without Will Smith. So him just being oh, in it, being sure. cool, 90s Will Smith, I mean, that's a big draw to this movie for me. Jacob, uh, you said Men in Black 96 or 97, I believe. Mm-hmm. This was delayed. Go back and to listen to our 1998 episode where we kind of touched on Wild Wild West a little bit. Supposed to be 98, instead 99. Obviously, to the point you said before, very Men in Black inspired. The first time we see him in clothes is a black suit with sunglasses. That's what we're doing here. But, yeah. Joe, will we ever see this Will Smith again? Weren't you so refreshed when he first falls out of the waterfall and does a big... You know, that that fun, like, we don't, seeing Will Smith smile in this, I was like, I don't see him smile anymore. No. Again, with zero irony, this is my favorite Will Smith movie. (laughs) Um, I think, like, like you said, he's in his prime. He's having a good time. This movie would not have worked without him. Originally, it was pitched in 1992 with Shane Black writing a script for Mel Gibson to star in. Oof. I would have hated that. Like, about it needs this spectrum. fun camp energy. 
that uh, that Will Smith brings. And frankly, I think we're living in the better of the two timelines, right? Because the the Wild Wild West splits into two timelines. Where where does Will Smith turn down the Matrix and take Wild Wild West, or does he make the Matrix? I think this is the better of those two options because you would not have John Wick if uh, Keanu True. Reeves was not Neo to begin with. No John Wick and without Jim West. Yes, Will Smith. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. And J-Dub, even imagining J-Dub. Will Smith in this at this point in his career being in the Matrix, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Um, <laughs> take that! Take but, the red pill! Woo! <laughs> so I'm yeah, glad he did this. I mean, this, who but, knows if he wouldn't even have gotten that as like a franchise? It could have just been a one-off at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is. I mean, this is prime. You know, Fresh Prince. Um, just, just hamming it up, being cool. '90s Will Smith. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is that I was re- researching, and originally the Kevin Klein role they offered it to George Clooney. So it was going to be Will Smith and George Clooney together, which would have been insane. Mm. Um, but they ended up, you know, George Clooney, I guess they, he felt like the role wasn't right for him, so he dropped out. And then they went to Kevin Klein, which I wish they kind of maybe would have got a bigger or a, a, a different name than Kevin Klein for that role. Um, I don't know. How do you guys feel about the rest of the cast? The issue with it, Jacob, is is that Kevin Klein never went on to have something else like this. If it was paired where he was again a two-hander, you would go absolutely. Like the closest is that El Dorado cartoon, where like if that was live action, you'd be like, that's a very another similar role to this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I again, it's to my surrealist point. Kevin Klein was known as a Bertolt Brechtian surrealist pl- stage actor. I have to assume right. someone was like, yeah, that's weird. Put him in our dumb, weird movie. But well, I think they, you, Kenneth Branagh is, is Dr. Yeah, Lovelace. Kenneth Branagh. He's a stage insane. actor, a Shakespearean Who, stage actor. Yeah, he's mainly known. When, when I was a kid, I knew him for two things, basically. Making these movie adaptations of Shakespeare and playing Gilderoy Lockhart in the Harry Potter movie. Um, so this, when I saw this, I was like, what the fuck? He's doing this over the top Southern accent, just hamming it up, chewing the scenery. Um, insane. But the other thing I want to say about Kevin Klein was I wish they would have got someone like, uh, not Harrison Ford, but like a Harrison Fordish type or something. Kurt Russell. Um, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Or like a like a fancy British guy or something like that. You don't want but, Nebish, the ID four, like a Jeff Goldblum relationship. You don't want more yeah. of a nerd type. It's, well, to me, this is like this feels like James Bond, but they split James Bond in two, and they gave all the cool stuff to Will Smith and all the like the nerdy <laughs> gadget stuff to Kevin Klein. So I don't know, but it's a it's a buddy cop. You know, they looked at. They looked at um, Men in Black. Men in Black. They saw you know Tommy Lee Jones, a serious actor, doing this big action blockbuster. Let's try that again, and let's get you know Kevin Klein. But it just didn't work for me. If it was anyone other than Kevin Klein, like we're talking about, the chemistry and tone of the entire movie would shift, though, because the thing that I think makes this work for me is that Jim West is the only cool guy in the movie. <laughs> And everyone else is like a loser or weird or like very much out of place in this like alternate dimension where people are super fancy all the time. So I think it had to be someone who had kind of that, you know, like uh, counterculture energy. I mean, like, I again, like a lot of it wouldn't fly now. It is exploitive. But like 
I couldn't imagine George Clooney doing the drag stuff like that. That yeah. wouldn't have that would have changed the tone. I guess you're right because yeah, you needed someone that was willing to kind of embarrass themselves in this role. I can't um, believe when Will Smith does the drag stuff, <laughs> he just becomes the genie yeah. from Aladdin. <laughs> um, here's the thing too, like with the, with the amount of cross dressing happening, uh-huh. um, they did also have Buffalo Bill in this movie. He's Bloodbath McGraw. He, he, he he's down. That's for right, some. Ted Levine. Yeah. That is somebody, Great Mike, who actor. bugs me. Jacob, every time Ted Levine is brought up, everybody goes, I have so much sympathy for him. You know, when he played James Gum in uh, Silence of the Lambs, it just ruined his life. He never did anything again. Bullshit. He did Wild he's Wild West. Bunch of stuff. And he was a fucking regular on Monk. On Monk. You know how much yeah. Yeah, TV show fucking money you're making? I don't want to hear that bullshit. And back <laughs> yeah, to Kevin Klein. Guys, you got to give it up. Who else could also play President Ulysses S. Grant in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah. they only did that so they could have the joke of him in disguise in the no. beginning. That's the only But it reason. ties into the end where he's the, yeah. you know, he gets captured on the spider too. This time watching it, I was like, the fucking script is tight. <laughs> the, the only part in which, okay. yeah. It took 30 people to write it, but I do think <laughs> this script is actually pretty they fucking tight. They each wrote three when pages. watching it. Yeah. Just to- Well, if you pause it right after the president is like, here's your mission, boys, go on your mission. It's exactly 20 minutes in. We have had two action set pieces. We know all of the characters and we know the stakes. Mm. That is good writing. Absolutely. And to Joe's point, just to lay the general plot out, guys, two U.S. marshals are looking for a cabal of missing scientists who are creating a doomsday weapon. That is so basic, but just one of my fucking favorite B-plots of a movie ever. It is a cool setup, especially with, like, a U.S. marshal. You know, it's like, so, like, the central government and the sheriff, you know. It's kind of a prequel. On the show, they already were Secret Service, I should say. Right. So, yeah, I think it's an interesting premise. My problem, I have a couple problems with the script. Um, Number one, this movie is... Ex- excessively horny, like at all times. It's so um, horny. It's just um, constantly and guess horny. what, Jacob? Me too. <laughs> Watching yeah. it, me too. Yeah. Um, and the other problem, I feel like the way this the script is, Jim West is not very good at his job. Um, like he's just constantly running in, ignoring his partner's plans. Uh, also, his partner doesn't really fill him in on the plan half the time, and that leads to like further complications. I know it's like a buddy cop, you know. Uh, thing but like the very beginning will smith or uh jim west you know he's he's on a mission like trying to stake out bloodbath mcgraw and he's just he's in a water tower hot tub with a girl and then (laughs) as we said is for the townsfolk to drink and cook and bathe in and now it's full of their sex (laughs) juices wait a minute he has to learn a lesson in this movie i don't know i'm jim west but but that opening action scene is fun we can just call him will smith if that's so worth it guys because he's not playing a part Uh, he's not playing jim west he's being will smith in a cowboy hat no no yeah yeah i mean his his character in this is exactly his character from men in black i mean he's literally the same exact character what um, if he revealed that at the end of the movie jacob by the way i'm agent J. it's a back in time thing um, he could be, be like Brendan Fraser where he has like a crazy head cannon that Jim West is, is the, you know, old relative of 
uh, Agent J just like Brandon yeah, that's Fraser what it, insists it that, that the G.I. Joe guy is a descendant of the mummy guy. <laughs> uh, hey, fuck it. I love that too. <laughs> yeah, get Brandon Fraser in here instead yeah. of Artie. That would have been good. But I again, you it. have, you know, Barry Sonnenfeld, uh, the same work. director, um, coming off that mm-hmm. big hit. So it's just. It's just, you know, coming off Men in Black, which was one of the biggest movies of that year, of biggest movies of the 90s. Um, and this is following the Men in Black template, again, to a T. Um, but for some reason, it just falls flat for me compared to Men in Black, which I still I think want- is a classic. Is that your number one? I want to hear everybody else's because Joe said this was his number uh, one. This is mine. Will Smith. Out of Will Smith. And to put it again in context, 96, ID4, 97, Men in Black. 99 Wild Wild West. And then from there, I think it gets pretty wacky, but I fucking love it. Yeah, he went to go do uh, the Muhammad Ali movie. Yeah, two years later, he's fucking following that clout, Joe. But Jacob, is this what? No, what is your favorite? I mean, Men in Black, I think if you're talking about great blockbuster action comedy scripts i mean men in black is is as tight Fuck. as can be for that kind we of movie we should do a men in black episode <laughs> we should we I should i mean the sequels are garbage months honestly. ago yeah unfortunately i don't like the sequels as much but um you know men in black one is just a very tight and it holds up i think better than this movie for me anyways Ugh. i think my Mike. my favorite will smith movie suicide squad easy <laughs> yeah um the one we all forget yeah yeah um i think pursuit of happiness honestly i, I like him and Jaden in that and i like that Very he's like doing that. something different dramatic as much as i That's like oh hell no nah, i have got to get me one of these if it's one of those roles i think id4 is my favorite hold on mike tell the yeah. truth tell tell the truth <laughs> yeah i say a concussion that's the other one <laughs> I felt like um, I had no, a concussion by the end of this movie, though, personally. <laughs> yeah, but if I can bring it back to the the some of the the humor that didn't work for me, the the even more than the racial stuff, which I think was kind of interesting for the wow. setting that was in and everything. It's the the weird the gender stuff, the cross dressing. I don't think that would fly today. Like kind of you know making light of it. Well, there's a lot uh, of gay and, panic jokes, like with like the the yeah, train oh, driver. Like, yeah. I knew it. I knew it. It's like that, <laughs> guys, it's right. the nineties. I mean, that was very yeah nineties. I mean, it was a whole other era. So that really. doesn't. We don't age think of well. it as that long ago, but yeah, that it was Stone it's, Age. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah in terms of progressivism, absolutely. But should we say? Out of all those descriptors of when you look at the Wikipedia page and it says 1999 Wild West and it says action, comedy, steampunk, western thriller, (laughs) Jacob, you're saying the comedy is the part that it's letting you down on the most? (laughs) Mine is kind of when the steampunk word slips in there. I go, oh, hold on, hold on. No, I like the (laughs) steampunk. Like all of Kevin Klein's inventions and gadgets, I thought that was really interesting. The train, which I assume is from the show, um... The, the giant spider I even liked at the end. I mean, I liked how over-the-top Loveless is. He's like, I mean, he's a James Bond villain set in steampunk Wild West, and in that I light, he works perfectly. Well, technically, on the muds of Mississippi. <laughs> By the way, yeah, before I get into this point, um, I'm surprised there was any standing sets left in Hollywood after this was done for the amount of scenery that was chewed by all. Like, everything was just <laughs> yeah. devoured, which that is oh, great. Yeah. Bloodbath um, McGrath. Bloodbath, Loveless. Even Will General Smith. General Bloodbath McGrath. That's some of it is the most fun, is just the amount of crazy over the top he takes it. Um, and as far as this being like a you know, James Bond villain in the Wild West, it's actually Superman villain in the Wild West, as we know from the Kevin Smith story of... That's right. The producer That's really right. wanted to get his giant spider in, and he finally did. So, 
But again, it's foreshadowed because they have that whole scene with the tarantula and the desert. And the everything. opening scene and is a man running saying, giant spider, and gets his head cut off by a spider <laughs> saw blade. the yeah. president. <laughs> but again, another yeah, thing is the climax of this movie is um, Kevin Klein inventing man-made flight and having it work within <laughs> a, like an afternoon. <laughs> yep, it's perfect. Yeah. I was going to complain that that wasn't the year that the Transcontinental Railroad was completed, and then I was like, what the fuck am I talking about? This is a stupid movie. I'm not even going to bring it up. <laughs> Don't you just hate that song? And that's that's why I unironically love this movie. Every movie doesn't have to be great. Like, I mm-hmm. guess that's a controversial statement to make. Like, it is they the perfect be. shut your brain off, have a great time watching some crazy camp. And yeah, like a lot of the humor is dated and and definitely expletive in tone. But there are some moments with the racial stuff that I think lands really really well the scene where they're going back and forth with like puns that was between, working for me. uh can't yeah, say any of that, like, that anymore works really oh, yeah. well where the, you couldn't do it she's like yeah. well you have half you have no legs well you're black well you have Take no a legs bow. <laughs> yeah let me bend a knee to you my Some boy. of that was fairly um, witty though yeah yeah, but again, to go back to that lynching scene, I mean, I totally forgot that even happened. And I was kind of amazed. I was like, I can't believe they actually went there. Um, of course, you know, the rope was elastic. Like, it was all set up by Kevin Klein as a diversion and everything. But Jim West doesn't know that the rope's elastic when that's happening. And then he tries to talk himself out of it. But Yeah, that implies that uh, Artie anticipated a lynching and created an elastic rope for just <laughs> such an occasion and brought it yes. with him to the party. And didn't tell his partner yeah. what the plan would be. <laughs> I don't mind that stuff. The only time I'm upset by it is when Will Smith does the slave voice. It works when oh, he does yeah. the joke to the guy to punch him in the nose. But when he walks up to, to Gordon and just is like, you know, you'll be my bell or my manservant. He just starts doing it. You go like, oh, no, I don't want to see Will Smith do this. Well, but his his backstory yeah, in this movie know, is that, that he was a former slave when he was a kid. So in a lot of ways, it is like Django where he's kind of getting revenge on these you know, Southerners and stuff. It's a classic um, revenge story. He's mm-hmm. there to go after Bloodbath McGrath. He doesn't care about doing his job. Right. Well. He cares about putting down the guy who killed his family. Yeah. And then we find out that like Loveless was actually the guy driving the machine that killed uh, his family. Uh, what's weird though about pacing is we learn this like important beat about how his family got killed by Loveless. We learn the revelation like Bloodbath McGrath gets slaughtered and says it was, you know, Loveless. And then we cut to the scene with, you know, Salma Hayek's butt. And it's like, <laughs> there goes all of our dramatic yeah. weight, <laughs> you know. Oh, Mike. And then at the end of this movie, he fights a Frankenstein. <laughs> like, yeah. there's, there's nothing Which that you can hold on to. That's and the one thing Loveless... that really bothers me. <laughs> no more Mr. Knife Guy. <laughs> no more Mr. Knife <laughs> Guy. That's my favorite part. Yeah, all those yeah. guys he's fighting are never introduced or explained at all. Also, it all the really blew you, my what mind you this time. To know about them, but like, like also the the the, yeah. the posse of women that work for Loveless, like Munitia and Miss Lippin Reader. Reader. That They're is more surrealism, Jacob. This dream imagery that like people's name are the job that they right. do. It's like and East, and even, East meets West. East meets Again, West. Borderline uh, West writing. Marshall. 
US Marshall, yeah. US America. Um, More butts. And then, like, at, Kev, Kenneth Branagh at the end, when he sees Will Smith in drag, he doesn't know who she is, but he just calls her Ebonia, like Ebony. Yeah. Like, yeah. does he just name these people by what they do in the moment? I wouldn't blame yes, that guy. Yes, 100% he does. <laughs> and to pull it back to Hudson Hawk, another movie that is full of camp that people despise that I adore, every henchman in that movie is named after a candy bar. Like, the having goofy henchmen with dumb names is like a staple of this type of camp movie, which is a, a genre that I adore, that I feel like no one's just really nailed perfectly yet, ever. You have to have a little camp for the surrealism I'm talking about, too. You know mm-hmm. the other one that stacks up to this, Joe, that I think we're dancing around? Batman and Robin. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Wow. Which, if it would have been George Clooney, definitely would have uh, fit into that. See, but, like, Batman and Robin doesn't go far enough. And I then love Wild this Wild take. West goes a little too far sometimes. Oh so it's God. like, if you could marry those two, oh, I'd be all for it. Yeah. And, like, my nitpicky, not nitpicky, but, like, my analyst of some of the content or the plot pacing right i do agree with joe that i was watching it and we were like this is just a great like saturday sunday afternoon movie it's just on and you just chill and it's just so goofy like when he fights the guy with the blade hands and he's like i got one of those and he just wiggles his foot and it's like <laughs> it's that's some will smith shit like yeah. that, it's good like yeah. the goofy stuff is good well the, the will smith one-liners and stuff i love that um it's just a little dated all- it's 99 you know for yeah. sure yeah but again, I, know, I hate to bring up Men in Black, keep bringing it up, but <laughs> I mean, the the similarities are there. And for some reason, Men in Black just works for me, whereas this just falls flat at times. Men yeah. in Black is not nearly as campy, would be my my counter to that. Like, it's just, it just isn't growing for the same type of, I mean, like, you know, you said this movie's so horny. I think the horniness is also a part of it. And Men in Black is not that horny. You know what I mean? That's like, true. You're not I mean, yeah, this is definitely more horny packages. than Men in Black. Well, but, um, and then it just has wild statements, Jacob, where, and that's part of it, too, where it'll be like, and of course, the only thing that can kill a spider is a bee. <laughs> You're like, yep, sure, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> I buy it. Yeah, yeah, again, I can't get past, you know, Kevin Klein invite, inventing man-made flight and then it working immediately. And that is how they save the day in the climax of the film. Air Gordon. I, mean, I feel like that's kind of a trope of, like, historical fiction though is the idea of taking specific moments and twisting them into the plot so that doesn't even feel out of place to me to be honest i believe way more the airplane getting invented early than the giant mechanical spider and and the (laughs) robo dick no i buy all that but eight scientists Um, worked on it mike eight (laughs) scientists from around the globe two of which we see there's also (laughs) <laughs> Another really horny part that I want to talk about. Yeah, please. Uh, it's right before. Yeah, like wait, it's right before um, they step out of the field and the spider blades are coming after them, right? And they're running through the. They field. get captured, right? He's like, he's like, I have Salma Hayek, and then he makes a joke about yeah, there's there's some sort of dick joke, and then he's like, you don't think I could have invented something that's hard and pumping? And then there's a cut to <laughs> oh the machine, yeah. and it's like yeah. foaming in the corner and like really going at it with a hump motion. <laughs> it's like, my God, they got away with so much for a PG-13 movie like this. Because I saw oh, this yeah. I mean, in theaters. For one thing, I mean, Selma Hayek's whole 
the whole point of her being in this movie is basically both, you know, both characters are into her and like trying to get with her. But then in the, in the end, she reveals that she had a husband the whole time, but like, which I love her whole. Yeah. But her whole role in this movie was basically just to be eye candy, I guess. I mean, oh, she didn't really have Jacob. an important, you know, factor in the plot. She dumped some her exposition. Role in this movie is for, 11 year old Colin to be watching this and go oh I'm straight <laughs> because we are going to strongly discourage in this script anything but because it's 1999 it's too much it's almost it's we'll get past it now let's let this be the last part where we focus on the butt it's that's why some in this movie yeah it's yeah. insane it's I mean it probably still looks like that god bless the woman and uh well, it, I think He's the married to like the Louis Vuitton guy. Watching it now, it's like, it's like crack. That's all it is. Upper you see, crack. You see her butt crack. Yeah, pretty As a scandalous, kid, but pretty. Tame. It was like, holy shit, that's a butt. And but yeah, for like, a PG thirteen movie, I mean, they like yeah. you said, they get away well, with a lot. And, and yeah. especially like Colin said, being 11, 12 years old, sitting in that theater and being like, okay, yeah. Part of I my brainstem melted. I remember it being just <laughs> like, you won't need this anymore. You're into this now. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> this is it. This is this is your world from now on. It is wild like, that they I, were... I, okay. I had that moment ingrained in my brain and knew exactly when it was coming, and I hadn't watched a movie in like <laughs> oh, yeah. a decade. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is amazing, too, that they, like, they had the Whopper and the Burger King sunglasses. Like, with the amount of content that's in this movie, they were able to also get a children's toy deal with a major fast food franchise. Good on you. And guys. a regular toy deal. There was a full line. You, you could have had a Selma Hayek action figure. I want, I want that pumping machine. For no, no, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, no particular reason. Just, just to have it. Yeah. I will say, I think it's, it's amazing how, you know, how campy and how weird this movie is just based on the fact that it was a big blockbuster. They thought it was probably going to be a huge hit. Um, like you said, there's a lot of studio interference, but even a big, a big blockbuster today would not get away with being this weird and this campy. Um, so I have to congratulate it for that. They would never try it. And Jacob, yeah, you've touched risky. on the tech a little bit. I would say even just from a film technical standpoint, when you're talking about the blockbuster stuff, the fight in the brothel, that is a gigantic set. And then when you're, and you just feel stuff smashing and moving and there's room, like some shots are moving through rooms. Like we're going through doors and stuff. They're not doing that on Captain Marvel now. You're moving from green screen to green screen. And when right. we get on the train and he's physically touching those pool balls and every other thing that's happening there, I'm into it. I'm with you. Like the gadgets are like, wow. Yeah, to me, it, it, it kind of reminds me of like Get Smart, where it's like a, a comedic Perfect take reference. on James Bond. Um, but yeah, the gadgets and stuff, that really worked for me. The the buddy cop dynamic was interesting, although I just not like, wasn't a huge fan of Kevin Klein in this role. I don't know why. I just feel like if it was another Gordon. actor, I might like it more. <laughs> I guess he just doesn't, he, he doesn't have a lot of charisma to me. But he looks um, like Ulysses S. Grant, which is what was needed by the script. Yeah. Look, that's I that mean, his, the, yeah, the casting playing Ulysses said. S. Grant was great. That was the number one as... note to the casting director. It must look like Ulysses S. Grant. Why does Jim West never call him Artemis? His name is Artemis Gordon, and it's Artemis spelled him, wrong. He calls him Artie? 
I think he calls, oh, he calls him, him Artie. I didn't hear that. The whole time he just keeps calling him Gordon. And it reminds me of Twin Peaks where Kyle MacLachlan keeps calling David Lynch's character Gordon the entire time where I'm like, yeah, it's just more weird, surreal stuff. It's more Half-Life 2 is the Gordon. Uh, Gordon Freeman. Uh, I, I do want to touch on some of the filmmaking because you said the gadgets, all the practical stuff looks good. Like the pool table that flips over, like that stuff's really cool. The Acme ass hammer that swings down, you know. Why would you need a lever under the train, Mike, to flip the chair of the <laughs> right, guy who's a- <laughs> already put you underneath it? I remember as a kid the being same thought, very yeah. skeptical about that already. And as an adult, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. No, I have an answer for that. That's sure. if you're in a situation where the train is in- invaded and you go under and then you can come back up. Right. Uh, that uh, makes sense to me. Well, Here's a lot of the train stuff. About. I want to hear this. Yeah. Uh, it it jumps all the way to the end of the movie, and we had talked about the the knife guy and the the metal brain guy. Those characters were all added because originally they just fought the women that oh, were no. his, his oh, no. uh, people. <laughs> so they needed like test audiences were extremely confused and let down by that. So they added that fight sequence with all of these goons. I love the goons. Uh, the one thing that I can't stand, and even this time could not understand why it happens. Why does the final goon just like error out right at the end? He gets like, electrocuted. Yeah, yeah, Will Smith's just like what? sorry, what? and then he just. I didn't get that either. He I mean, electrocuted by. I was wondering where these goons came from. Why there was like a a, a robot metal man. Um, <laughs> Well, the metal head. I mean, all of that at face value. I just needed a clever <laughs> way for him to kill that last guy. And it's he just like stops working. He just runs out of steam or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Maybe that's yeah. It. He's, but he's, the, but it's not shown. I'm just making a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. And Jacob, no, you don't like cannon. You don't like Kevin Klein struggling with killing someone as a U.S. marshal. I like you know I I his character is interesting because like he's like he tries to avoid violence at all costs. He just relies on his gadgets. Um, Hypno boobs. <laughs> A horny yeah. movie, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when, when, too, he's, right? <laughs> when he's cross-dressing, he just has like a little boxing glove come out of his boob and hits people. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the gadgets are great. I love, I love that part of it. <laughs> what a follow-up sentence to he's got a boxing glove that comes out of his boobs. I love yeah. it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. The train stuff, I mean, the train stuff doesn't make sense anyway because when he goes down on the pool table the second time it's totally different because the first time he's like facing down the second time he's like it spins around and he's facing up and then he uses that to to travel back and i was never i wasn't clear about how much of these gadgets jim west knows about because gordon doesn't really explain any of them and sometimes he's like surprised by them but sometimes he knows what they do um but no, that's but just there's it. time to explain the difference of what a breast feels like yeah Yeah. Why don't you put a gun in there? Where'd I put my pen? You know, there there is some fun <laughs> stuff with the gadgets that I, that I do. Mike, enjoy. wouldn't you love to have a thing that extends out of your uh, sleeve? Yeah, especially when I do my Netflix Death Note reboot, I could just always have it ready to go. <laughs> yeah, and I could. But write yeah, speaking Loveless. of, um, you know, watching this movie, it just reminded me of another movie that I like better, and I think uh, might be a little bit of better 
It's a buddy cop Western, anachronistic Western. I'm talking about, of course, Shanghai Noon. I was, Jackie thinking, Chan, I was thinking about Owen that Wilson. big time. <laughs> <laughs> to me, Shanghai Noon is like a better version of this movie without like the steampunk angle and stuff. But the buddy cop stuff I like a lot. I might agree movie. to that. Sean Wayne is a terrible nope. cowboy name. <laughs> it's not horny enough. It's like it, no, it's missing that, that camp. It's like I don't really I don't really go for period pieces like this usually unless they're going to take a big old swing for the fences and like add that crazy steampunk character design. I mean, I think some of the character designs in this are pretty fucking cool. Like Bloodbath McGrath's ear, I think is just that like prosthetic. a really wow. great Yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a great design. Well, again, that kind it, of yeah, the Bloodbath McGrath specifically, again, reminded me of Men in Black, some of the weird alien designs from that movie. So I wonder, they probably had similar teams with the costuming and makeup and stuff and special effects, um, you know, working with Barry Sonnenfeld. So I did like that. Um, Loveless being like a half guy was a little weird. Oh, no, no, Jacob, I got it. how do you think they shot that? Hmm. I don't know. Was his I legs don't know. Like I, I was the watching chair? the. I googled it. I have no idea. My guess is his knees extended below the chair. He's kneeling on a platform, and it was green screen boxed around it. And then they deleted. From my yeah. understanding, probably Mike, you are completely right. And wow. they could only film for a certain amount of time because his both of his legs would fall asleep. Wow. Oh sure. I do like this change though from the show because if you think about it thematically. The South lost the war, and he lost his entire South after the war. Mike. That's true. It's deep. Oh, am I going to have to call my dad and tell him that? Blow his <laughs> that mind, is, That's, man. like, profound. It's deep, right? But again, I think yeah. there's some uh, humor at the expense of handicapped people that probably wouldn't fly today in oh, this movie. You can't, I know we Super complimented exploited. the scene. You can't say any of that stuff that Will Smith says. <laughs> or, yeah, or what if it's a, yeah. what if it's a, you know, a a former slave owner who's like, I don't know. Yeah. I really love that scene. Like there's something about, in, in like, universe, the back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Stands up. I want to root for out. Will Smith, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. He's being kind of ableist. I can't. Well, really root well for you want to root for <laughs> Will Smith, but then you're remembering in that scene that Selma Hayek's wearing a nighty upstairs, getting strapped into some sort of like <laughs> sex machine, sex dungeon bed. Yes. And then Miss East is going to pull out her butt. It's a horny, <laughs> horny movie. Biling, it really is. Boys. I yeah. mean, the, the the movie begins with you know Will Smith getting some again in a public water tower, and she says, "Ooh, baby," and he says, "That's not me." The beam on the water tower has been smashed. I wish I could yeah. take credit for it. All that's happened is the water has rocked. So what <laughs> does she think he just did? <laughs> Well, that's after they were discussing cramming a man's sense. personal affections into a hole. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's because yeah. they know the audience is going to be like, they don't, it just has to be some sort of innuendo. It doesn't have to make sense. It's essentially <laughs> the equivalent of like saying that's what she said after yeah. everything. Right. Yeah. And the joke with, you know, everyone being super attracted to Kevin Klein when he's in drag in the brothel. Oh, uh, best joke ho- in the movie, yeah, though. I work can alone. we say? <laughs> well, I I love the one where it's him and drag. Jim Smith, or Jim West walks up and says, "You know, <laughs> you're so obvious. You look like this." And the woman turns and says, "Excuse me." And he leans in as the Quebecois fur trader and <laughs> I says, think "He's talking he's, about me. He's, he's he thinks cowboy. you're me, the idiot." <laughs> Yeah, and it's like you just blew your cover to this lady. Like, it, it literally is a nink, yeah. uh, like a, a wink. And, and that's what to leads to audience. again. 
Jim West almost being lynched by a bunch of Southerners. He gives him the yeah. rope. Um, he gives a weird which, speech about how in in his native <laughs> land of Georgia, Africa, uh, they like communicate with drums, and he's right, like, yeah. nice boobies. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know it's if crazy. your average lynch mob would let you do a tight five before yeah. right. you decide he, whether or not to go. He starts convincing it. some of them too. Yeah, 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 he does. It's a weird little scene, yeah. It, 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 but uh, it's it's Pete Camp, Pete Will Smith being weird. It doesn't. And I maybe love land. That, that rubber rope is such a funny gag that then comes back in a cool way. I don't know. It's one of those movies where it's like, I I I would watch a million hours of that universe. I really truly would. I promise. They had to ADR a line though. Was some some guy in the crowd going, "There's something funny with that rope." You know, before yeah, he yeah. springs because <laughs> it wasn't communicated to the test the audience. Sequel would have been, you know, they're they're finally Secret Service agents. Is it Grant still? Do we jump forward? Oh, it's Shanghai Noon X Wild Wild West. <laughs> the Shanghai oh, God, West. That would be great. That would be amazing. Oh, that's so that. much star power. <laughs> um, I mean, I would hope they would introduce someone like, uh, so make like Artemis's dad someone like, you know super fucking famous in westerns like yeah not john wayne because he would have been too old but someone like that robert redford someone who would have been Buffalo like Bill. a man's man <laughs> and explain that like you know like artemis is this weird kind of foppy character and then his dad was like the ultimate cowboy and then his dad is in oh, competition sure. with jim west joe i thought then like throw in like this. a killer duck or something you know what i mean like there has to be some some sort of big dumb element i would say native american we don't really get a lot of that we get that he's raised by a tribe but it, weren't you guys shocked for a western like one line about that one yeah. guy yeah. in the in the brothel sitting next to general mcgrath who's like the weapons are ready and you're like well who's this guy <laughs> um true, well, for true. me um forget us uh, you know an un an unmade sequel i think you could not remake this movie but you could kind of soft reboot it in today and make a successful movie based on this premise. Um, and then you have Will Smith come in as a cameo at the end or something. Oh, my God. Kingsman <laughs> in the Wild West, Jacob. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that's a good way to Even more than James true, Bond, true. I think the Kingsman thing is, is a more apt metaphor. Um, totally. They Alternatively, did try to reboot make a this. direct sequel now. Like, just make a direct sequel now with Will Smith. I, I would. I would. Might as well. Gemini We're doing Man a new of, Will and Ted. No, I would. I would. Uh, I would cast younger actors, but then I would have Will Smith and Kevin Klein be like the originators of this group, which is like the Secret Kevin Service Klein's or whatever. So fat now. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't tell you what he looks He's like just in now. Disguise. <laughs> He's not that yeah. good. Um, so, so it is the Kingsman in the Old West if they're just the progenitors Basically, of this yeah. organization. You know, they did try to reboot this, but, and it was called The Lone Ranger with Johnny Depp. <laughs> How dare you? True. true, true. But think, okay, think about this though. You get a young. You get some young actors to be the stars. You get Will Smith yeah, in the Jacob, older mentor role. You get Michael role. B. Jordan as Jordan West, you know, oh, Jim oh, yeah, West's yeah. son. <laughs> oh, totally. And then he's trying to, like, you know, differentiate himself from his father, become his own man. And then you get Will Smith in a supporting role as, like, the older mentor figure who doesn't uh-huh. go on missions anymore. But he kind of, you know, stays back in the command center or whatever and makes quips. Throw in uh, Batman. I love Kevin Klein Ultra- as, like, the Q. And a healthy amount of butts. Like, there's got to be a bunch yes, of butts. There has to be. Gotta be Alternate universe, Jim West <laughs> is president now. So the first security yes. service detail is now his son, who has to guard him 
on some crazy mission. And Artemis is the Q. You know, he also has a daughter who works for him and makes gadgets. It's, you know. Oh, yeah. And then Sama Hayek has an emergency diplomatic mission for you, Mr. President. You know, you're the only one who can help me, President West. (laughs) Hey, what was the name of the country? I'm so sold on this idea right now. I love it. What was the name of the country at the end? What was it? It was Loveless Land or was it Spider World? Loveless Alliance. All I know is the the plan was, was... the French, the Spanish, the Mexicans, and the Southerners all teamed up against America, <laughs> and they're going to yeah, split America like, up. Get their properties back, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. You could still make it super problematic too, and make Artemis's daughter go and drag for a bunch of missions and stuff like As that. Guy, yeah. And then some woman like falls in love with the man that she's created as a character. So you, you, it could still be super problematic. Uh, you could still have butts. It could still be unnecessarily <laughs> horny. I'm all for it. I like <laughs> yeah, yeah, We need to maintain that element. Yeah. There's a whole Korean drama this. built around that premise. Really? Uh, the f- female it? lead pretending to be a boy, and then the boy was Isn't starting to fall on? for her, and then was feeling weirded out because he's like, "Oh, am I? Am I gay? Isn't that the plot <laughs> of Mulan as well? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. also Mulan, okay. I guess. Coming soon to Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think that's a great idea. Unfortunately, I don't. We think might have ever... to delete this episode. It's too. Well, good. we need twenty-six more yeah. people in the writers' room before we can really get this true. Yeah, we got four here. Um, but just think about how many sequels they've made of Men in Black. We can't get one. 20 years later sequel to Wild Wild West is that too much one to sequel to a movie that almost destroyed sequel. the studio that made it <laughs> yeah you're right no 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 yeah and almost destroyed after they Will let Smith. us do this I hope we get Hudson Hawk 2 off the ground Super Mario Brothers 2 let <laughs> me make a bunch of sequels to movies no one liked I like it because there's no, you have nothing to lose and everything yeah, to gain exactly. that's right it's, if I'm it works you're a genius fiction. Kenneth That's Branagh, stop said. trying to do Tenet. Get back in that wheelchair. Get back That's get right. back in that wheelchair with spider legs. I would bring him back, but have him like also missing an arm. Oh yeah, he'd be a Frankenstein like, Joe. He would he would yeah, he like, would be like a head a in a jar limbs. who would just be like screaming at our bad guys. That's so on yes, brand. hundred percent. Don't yeah. you just hate that song? <laughs> so good. Glory, glory, the South will rise. Glory, <laughs> glory, glory. <laughs> He literally comes out and Abraham Lincoln head that explodes. Like, yeah, it's crazy. At his own party. And he's only having that party. So he has an alibi before he goes and kills an entire army that was technically supposed to work for him. There are a lot of mystery beats in this that I really think are well executed. It's just super dated humor that you could update Mm -hmm. and still be problematic and still be horny. True. Yeah. Um, I was wondering with the blood math McGrath stuff, what was the point? of building him up and then just having him get killed off by Loveless and his whole army. Like, what was the point of that? Like they were already working for Loveless. So why did he kill them all? I didn't really understand that. It was, it was a show of strength. You know what I mean? It was like, look at how good my weapon is now bring me gold so we can take over the country. He just didn't have anybody else to kill except his own dudes. He's just like, hey, he just killed like a bunch of Confederate evil mastermind soldiers. thing, though. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's something. And also, he says specifically, like, no, this is personal. I got blown in half, and you guys fucking surrendered. Fuck you. Oh, this that's is, true. Yeah, I oh, love that right. part. Motivation. Look, there's emotional stakes there. Okay, you just have to read through <laughs> Kenneth Branagh's uh, uh, reading of some of these lines, which is insane. 
I love his readings of these. So another thing I want to bring up then is like there's not a lot of gun shooting in this movie from from our heroes. Like there's like the one scene with uh, East meets West and saving Salma Hayek where he yeah. does like the quick draw thing. You don't see any of it, but like he kills those people. But there's not a whole lot of shooting happening. Mike. A lot of twirling. That is intentional. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned before, the 60s were a weird time of compromise. Um, the original Wild Wild West program, despite being super popular, running for four seasons, was canceled after a Senate uh, committee hearing on violence on television, where they said, you've got too many people getting shot. It's too violent. You have to get rid of it. And when they rebooted it into the movie, they said, well, let's kind of steer away from that. Huh. Interesting. I thought yeah, that might again, be like I mean, a Will Smith thing. Yeah, and it's PG-13, so they probably can show too much blood or violence. Um, but it is they weird because they, you the know, butts. they I talk mean, about Jim West being like this great gunslinger, and like that's his whole thing is that he comes in guns blazing all the time, but you don't see him now, shoot that shoots much. Shoots later, shoots some more, and then when everyone's dead, try to ask a question or two. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're not gun nuts on this podcast, but he's got this beautiful Shellfield revolver, something you would see in Red Dead Redemption, right? Go back mm-hmm. and check out our Western episode. And sure, sure. if you guys noticed it, gorgeous black accents on it, too. Obviously very oh, purposeful that he would have a black gun almost, too. But oh. um, is, is there's something about the six-shooter, right? It's like the only time a gun has ever been noble in my mind. It's kind of the last time I ever liked them. <laughs> You gotta be right. able to spin them and do tricks with them, but just but the limited say, bullets, Jacob. Yeah, yeah. When Will Smith in the beginning, when he's dressed in all black, he's got no shirt. He's got the black jacket in the brothel, just going crazy. He he's so cool in that scene, man. I was just like, dang, Will Smith is a cool he's guy. So cool. He's in a different <laughs> movie so cool. than every other character, and weirdly enough, I think that's what makes it work. Is like he's like. I think in his head too, he was like, oh, "Okay, Tom Cruise wouldn't do this. I'll just be Tom Cruise. That's fine." Fuck, you know I mean? like, that is what it is. Yeah, and then everyone else is so strange and these like outlandish right. characters, and he's like, "Nah, I'm just a cool cowboy." It's like you're playing D and D with a bunch of people, and like one guy overcommits <laughs> to just being like the badass while everyone Your else is a black cowboy. <laughs> and I love that so hard. I don't appreciate you guys talking about me like this. Okay, I'm right here. <laughs> and oh, hell no. we will have to write into our reboot, of course, that it is tied to the Men in Black universe, so that will make sense, Joe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the bloodlines yeah, all make sense. The blood of course, why couldn't Agent J be a different had Wild in the Matrix, they yeah. were all simulations. By the way, Wild son, Wild I'm from the future. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> bloodlines. Yeah, and now you'll never Bloodless. remember. And then he just pulls out one of those things. I mean, oh, it works, dang. I'm telling you. Look, if they were going to try to make a 21 Jump Street Men in Black crossover, why can't we make a, a Men in Black Wild right. Wild West crossover? Let's get Barry Sonnenfeld on the phone. You have Chris Hemsworth. He'll, do, he'll Barry, do it. Barry, you know that old movie you've been looking for? <laughs> we found it. <laughs> Listen to this. Uh, oh, love man. it. And it's just All Colin right. and I being like, okay, okay. And then this person's going to take their butt out. And then he comes out and he's ahead in the jar. <laughs> it work. Your whole notebook is just drawings of butts. <laughs> this is your <laughs> No, that's my shot list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those are the storyboards. <laughs> yes, um, yes. That's was, a man's I remember head. seeing this movie in theaters and being like, wow, that was a ton of fucking fun. And just being like, 
fucking amped. This movie is the equivalent of like chugging a surge as a little boy. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Joe, did you go to Burger King? Did you get the glasses? I went to Burger King and like had to beg to go to Burger King because that we it was not in a rotation of fast food for us ever. Like I don't know if like Burger King murdered my dad's dad or something, but like we just never went to Burger King. And I was like, but like I have to get these glasses. They they have the Jim West glasses. I remember watching that music video like every fucking every morning day. on both MTV and VH1. Like everyone was like, well, yeah, of course we're going to play that Will Smith music video over and over and over again. <laughs> well, the song probably made more money than the movie did. And that's yeah. probably a true statement. But that had Cisco, you know, within the, the two or three years that Cisco was popular, that caught him in the right window. <laughs> right. Again, Another it's following the, you know, the Men in Black template. Have yep. Will Smith do a... You know, do a song about the movie, and we'll play. That's in the why credits. he turned down the Matrix. The so let him do a song. I'm in a computer. Right. Don't know. Take nothing. the red pill. Take the blue pill. It's the Matrix, yo. <laughs> Mescal. It's the only way to fly. <laughs> um, <laughs> madness. Just absolute madness, guys. Uh, yeah, it's all just been a lot. <laughs> we love it. Um, I say we jump to our final thoughts here. Normies, reach out to us and let us know, obviously, what other wacky Will Smith things you love about this movie, if you love it for more than that. If you're more in the Jacob camp, you know, we were pretty effusive on this. I don't want to diminish that you were like, it's not that great. Part of me does recognize that, but if you feel that way too, let us know. Let us know, Normies. But right now, let's jump to the wrap-up. Wiki-wiki wrap-up. We're back, normies. We're still dancing to Wild Wild West if you haven't played it right now. Stop this podcast. Listen to that. Come back. Um, and just try to imagine a world where your second album would have a single for the theme song of the movie you have coming up. I guess maybe Suicide Squad, Mike's favorite, had that heathen song. <laughs> maybe that was the last time something like that happened. We don't know. But we're here. We're wrapping up. We're talking our final thoughts on Wild Wild West. Summer of Fun. Will Smith. Blockbusters. Normies, we're talking blockbusters because is there anything more normie than a blockbuster? And for our generation, this is that normie star. Like, let me hear some love for him. Hey, we like Will <laughs> <Crickets>. Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, everybody's I, um, screaming into their pod right now. They know it. Yeah. I I love Will Smith in this type of movie. As a dramatic actor, I think he's he's fine as well. But like. I don't know, man. You got to let yourself be silly. And I feel like he's kind of shied away from that unless he's like monetizing it on YouTube. I would love to see a return to this type of movie for Will Smith. I think he's he's such a charming dude that, you know, it, it would be so natural to just come back. But the bottom line is they don't make them like this anymore. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But truly, what was the last crazy blockbuster that has... Yes, a, a reboot of something, but, like, no real attachment to, to a franchise. Like, you know, it's not like when Wild Wild West, the movie, came out. People are like, this is going to spit in the face of the old TV show. Except for the star of that TV show, which is like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Maybe you grow up. 
Like they they don't do this kind of thing anymore. They really don't. Sure. And I would love to see it come back into fashion. Well, you know, I I was kind of giving this movie a hard time. Um and I still say, you know, it's not a great movie. It's not even maybe a good movie, but I did enjoy watching it. I had a lot of fun watching it because I would almost put it in the so bad it's good category but there are things that i unironically did like in this movie so i can't even say it's so bad it's good it's just so crazy and weird for a blockbuster interesting yeah um so i can't totally hate this movie and i gotta say you know getting in on this um pitch for for a reboot or a remake I'm I'm interested. Like I want to see this happen now. So I, you know, I can't say I I totally hate this movie. Or I think it's bad. I I mean I do think it's bad, but it's it's fun in a way that you're right. They really don't make big blockbusters like this anymore because there's too much at risk. Um, and you know every studio is afraid. And, and now when we get big flops as blockbusters, they're usually just boring and bad. Like I'm thinking like Fantastic Four those kind of movies mm. where it's like, they're not even fun and bad like this movie. They're just bad. So I'm all for the weirdness, the over the topness, the campiness. And I got to say it was, it was fun to watch. I think, I think uh, there's also probably a whole generation of, of normies listeners who might've never seen this movie. Oh. And I would just say like, you, you gotta go check it out. It's going to feel yeah. like you're watching something from the seventies and like, yeah, this was a, a real formative movie, I think, in terms of like a lot of people's tastes, even if they didn't really realize it. I didn't even think about that, Joe. You guys are, you know, social media savvy. Wild Wild West has never like trended on Twitter or anything like that, right? <laughs> no, it's kind of a forgotten no. movie. Yeah. How? Yeah, Boy, it is a relic me of back. the 90s. We got to get people to find yeah, this. The thing. Zoomers need to discover this movie because. You know, they've probably seen Men in Black. They've probably seen the bigger blockbusters in the 90s. But since this was a flop, they might have not have heard of this one. So, yeah. Zoomers, and it's on HBO it Max. Put that as a big win in the HBO Max category of the streaming wars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and go watch this this fun, wacky, camp-filled fun fest. Yeah, I mean, um, watch it if you want. Uh, know, know that if you haven't seen it last, we were kind of, we were discussing, right? There's going to be... Some humor in this that doesn't land. Some stuff's a little maybe mean-spirited or even just just off 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 base, right? That that's going to be part of it. But the other part of it is there is some really witty and clever writing that I did find myself enjoying when, when it wasn't kind of crossing that line. But it's right in that sweet spot because of the subject matter of the movie itself. You know, um, to just be prepared for it to be of its time. Like if you watch Blazing yeah. Saddles that I talked about earlier, there are hard R N words all over that movie. It is crazy, oh, sure. but it's it's serving a purpose for the script, which was to tear down the sterilized Western, right? So just kind of keep in mind when this came from. And it can be very fun and very campy. Um, and just know that. Um, I also think, go on a binge. Watch all the weird non-white Westerns. Watch Blazing Saddles. Watch this. Watch Shanghai Noon, because they're all very fun and different ways to have a campy, kind of fun Western experience. So that's that's where I'm at. Very true. I went on a run a while ago um, when the riots were really bad and well, not riots, protests. I take that back when the police were inciting Mm -hmm. riots and the protests were very peacefully uh, complying where Mm -hmm. I basically only wanted to watch stuff with African-Americans 
killing white people. And somehow <laughs> this did not land on my radar. There was something so satisfactory about watching Will Smith beat up fucking racists. Um, How could he not get behind that? It's like punching a Nazi. Yeah, you Everyone fucking idiots. It. Same Con- thing. Confession time. The day before we recorded this, and I watched Wild Wild West today, um, mm-hmm. I watched Gemini Man. And it was the first time I'd ever seen it. There's all these comments that come out where people are like, it's cool because the young Smith is like the young Will Smith. He's, he's energetic. He's cool. It's not the same. It's, he is, let me tell you, Junior is not Wild Wild West Will Smith. There was just a version of him that existed, crystal and pure, that we hadn't experienced. And Jacob, you might know more about this because you're our savvy uh, tech boy. There's something going on in his life with Jada Smith that I don't know anything about, but he seems sadder oh, yeah. than ever. <laughs> so well, I'm not sure what's going on with his basically, life. Basically, him and Jada Pinkett Smith kind of had like an open relationship or they had different rules about... Maybe you know, they're they Scientologists. Kinda... <laughs> maybe they're married. There's a lot yeah. of weirdness there. But basically, if you want to know... Very quickly, um, Jada, when they were separated, like, um, had, you know, was with another man, and this all kind of came out, and he had, like, this sad interview and everything. So that's what that's all about. Mm. Which, you know, you're, if you're Will Smith and you're getting cheated on, that's, you know, doesn't say a lot for the rest and, of us. But <laughs> these pictures of him, and, oh, fucking tell me the pristine God that he is. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're right, Jacob. But the pictures of him just like sitting there, teary-eyed, taking this bad information in that have leaked out, it's become a meme of him. Joe, it did not land on me. Zoomers might only know him from things like this stuff. That is not who he Rewind is. Rewind time. You know, we yeah, had, if you were, you know, if you were, if you were a young kid in the '90s or not even born in the '90s, you might not know. But Will Smith was legit the biggest star in the world movie star i mean at this time mm-hmm. so it's that's what makes it even crazier was he was at the height of his movie stardom when this movie came out and it was still a flop and then he and transitioned to he his serious to phase his oscar phase <laughs> so but yeah he was a blockbuster star independence day men in black all that so all stuff that in our summer of fun here i mean i don't remember who suggested this episode it was not me i've been so happy with you guys' me. suggestions for this stuff very nice it was um, joe the you. number one fan of wild, wild west <laughs> we could have done any of them though you know we're pe- it's unfortunate that we missed independence day that could have been our big july 4th episode but we could have done we can do men in black you know you could do any of them for this guy when you're talking blockbusters it's, it's who he was man and another thing that I wanted to say, like, in this current age of Will Smith movies, like, I don't know if he has bad agents working for him or what, but he's been picking some really weird movies the last several years with Suicide Squad, you know, not being good, the genie in Aladdin. I don't know oh, why God. he's picking these roles, but he's really far from his, his peak stardom at this point. His wild, wild, still love wild him. days. He missed dancing around as... Um, Ebonia in Wild Wild West. That's <laughs> yeah. why he oh, yeah. and I think part of the problem Going is he doesn't. Heyday. He doesn't rap his own theme songs anymore. He needs to get back to doing that. That is the. That problem. would have to be That's a, really the key. a requirement in the contract for the reboot or sequel. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we need it. And like Joe like, he said, he's got some kind of kinda like YouTube TV show. Yeah, rap over that thing. I don't know. We love you, buddy. We're, we're literally he's everyone on this YouTube. podcast is rooting for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Will Smith. I think everyone loves Will Smith. Like he's a very likable 
guy, so you can't not National like him. National treasure. I want him to see. I want him to be happy, charming Will Smith again. But you know, mm-hmm. the world is a dark place, so it is. So it needs a little more movie. Wild Wild West in it. Hell yeah, Rough Riders, Desperados, Normies. Always check us out at normies underscore like underscore us on all social medias where you're going to be reaching out and saying, uh, excuse me, I'm a very high-powered executive who will be buying the pitch for Wild Wild West even wilder. Uh, so go ahead, hit us up in that inbox. But otherwise, let us know what other content you want. Um Especially for this summer of fun while we're just hanging out doing blockbusters while we're in this weird in-between lockdown of content phase. But we've been your mm-hmm. hosts. We love you, Normies. This is uh, General Bloodbath Colin. Uh, Mike Nisha. <laughs> Joe West. Uh, uh-huh. uh, this, <laughs> it's Jacob and Drag just wearing a dress. <laughs> Jacob and Drag. Right, is let me a squeeze show those things. Watch. Bye, Normies. Touch my breast. Not touch my breast. <laughs> touch my breast. <laughs> That's I my belt buckle. <laughs>